Well, good morning. <laughs> to say these are strange times would be uh, an understatement, wouldn't it? <laughs> Things aren't normal, and it's a good thing because I'm not anyway. So this introduction <laughs> to our time here is a really, I mean, it fits, it's appropriate. A couple of things I just want to say up front. We cannot let sickness win, and we cannot let Satan win. And I appreciate and I hope that we all continue to pray for our shepherds here. These decisions that they're making are extremely difficult. But I know in the fullness of their heart, they have the protection of the flock at the forefront of their minds and hearts. And so whatever the decisions are and what they have been are made through great prayer and contemplation for the benefit of the flock as a whole. And so men... From the congregation to you, we thank you, and we will continue to pray for you and your decision-making through this process. But the second thing is, is Satan. You see, this is a great opportunity for him to win, because this isn't normal. We are separated and segregated. The, the hugs now become distant elbows at best, or the air high fives that I've learned about this morning. And Satan loves it when he can try to take the body and just break it apart a little bit more, taking advantage of those situations. People at home now for the right reasons, because they're protecting themselves from illness, and there's no doubt that should happen, but let's not let that turn into a disconnection. We're going to have to try extra hard to make sure that we stay connected. Extra phone calls, extra cards, extra personal visits. And let's pray that somewhere down the road, sooner rather than later, we'll be back to hugging each other face to face, cheek to cheek. Because the connection of the body is crucial, not only for the health of the body, but for us to take that work and that connection out to this community to show them Jesus. So, sickness and Satan. Now, Let's get back to what we're really here for. Let's not be distracted now. We're here to honor God, right? To worship Him in spirit and truth. Isn't this about Him? It's not about coronavirus right now, is it? And so let's just kind of set that aside, recalibrate. And by the way, my head is spinning too. My world isn't normal right now. I mean, just in a matter of a couple of weeks, we left one place and we're here at another place and we're just in this whirlwind. And now the normalcy of who we are at the Waterford congregation isn't there. And trying to figure out what to say today, my whole brain is spinning. Daniel knows. He spent the week with me in the office watching my brain spin. He actually, I think, literally saw my head spin all the way around once. Twice. It was twice. Thank you. I appreciate that. Just a little side note, we also had to pray for the people out there in the community. Because I'm telling you what, I was at the grocery store two days ago, and I was putting some you know, canned goods just to have some canned, just in case things really start shutting down, or our family gets sick and we, you know, we're going to be holed up for a while. So I, I, put, I took some cans of soup and stuff, and I put them in the top part of the cart. And then I thought, oh, wait a second, down this aisle, there's something else I want. So I left my cart there, I walked down, I got it, I turned around, and my cart was missing. 
Somebody stole my cart. Did you go to the store and find that people had heaps of stuff, you know, like hoarding the hand wipes and the sanitizers and the Campbell's chicken noodle soup? There's a world out there that's panicking. Let's not be that people. Because we try to take things into our own control. We try to figure out how much power we have to to mitigate whatever it is that we're going through. And it's amazing how when we step back and realize just how powerless we tend to be and feel. It reminds me of, of my, I think it's my favorite movie, The Wizard of Oz. Y'all know The Wizard of Oz? Well, The Wizard of Oz had many Christian principles within it. I mean, if you just step back and start thinking about it, the wicked witch, who would she represent? Satan, that's right, the wicked witch of the West. And then you have Dorothy, and Dorothy's on this amazing journey because her whole deal through the movie is to do what? She wants to get back home. And to get back home, she has to follow a certain path. And on that certain path, she comes across some other people who become her inner circle, her support group, and they're there by her side, fighting through different things throughout the journey. And as Dorothy goes on the journey, she's wearing this special shoes. Now, she knows they have some sort of power. They know they, they have some sort of importance. I mean, the Wicked Witch, what she wants to do is to remove those shoes from Dorothy. She wants to take away the power. And matter of fact, at the front end of the movie, the witch tries to grab those shoes and she gets shocked and, oh, she gets angry. So Dorothy goes through this whole journey wearing these shoes that have all sorts of power, but she really doesn't know how much power they have. And she finally gets to the end. And she thinks she has this path home through the Wizard of Oz and the balloon. And then it sails off and she feels hopeless. Powerless. And then that old good witch shows up. And she says, Dorothy, you've had the power all along. Brothers and sisters, I'd like to suggest that maybe we're a whole lot like Dorothy. We're on this journey and we want to get home. And as we go along our journey, we have hopefully an inner circle, the church, the Waterford people, the brothers and sisters in Christ that go beyond the walls of this building. And we have that support group so that as we go on this path, this journey home, and we fight through things through life like we are right now, we'll do it together. But I think what's lacking is that as we go on this journey, we don't recognize just how much power we really have. And so I thought it'd be a good idea this morning to just talk about power. Power of God. The power that He gives us. And so we're going to do things a little different for me. I don't tend to spend a whole lot of time like going through a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of different verses. But today we're going to go through a lot, a lot, a lot of different verses. Because I want us to just start tasting and experiencing and seeing that we are not powerless as we go through this world, as we face these challenges in life. 
that we have the power of God. So, as we go through this, I just want to start touching base. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We're going to focus on power this morning. And somebody, uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I forget who it was, sent me an email saying, hey, what's the title of your sermon? And I gave him the title of the sermon, and that's not the sermon we're doing. <laughs> so I ask for forgiveness right up front. This morning's sermon is about power. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Watch this now. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with what? With power. Power by the resurrection from the dead. According to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Folks, it all begins. We are absolutely powerless, worthless, just molecules placed together with absolutely no purpose and no hope if there is not the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The power begins with the witness and the testimony and the historical fact that Jesus has been raised. And think about the power that it took to take dead and make alive. The power of God. The power to say, Jesus, you will live again. Rise. Oh, to have a camera in that tomb that morning. Wouldn't that have been something else? Oh, to have been there. What must it have felt like to, to be in the presence of Jesus being raised from the dead with the fullness of the power of God and the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit taking the dead flesh and bringing it to life again? We've all witnessed death. We've all seen its effects. We felt the sting of the loss. And just think now, as it says in 1 Corinthians 6.14, by His power God raised the Lord from the dead, and He will raise us also. Isn't that an amazing promise? Not only the power that God used to raise His Son from the dead so that He defeats death, He defeats sin, He defeats Satan, He gives us the hope of everlasting life in heaven, He even removes the idea of the sting of death because where is the victory of death? There isn't any because through Jesus and His power, we will live. Now, I mean, this is the greatest of all things. The biggest thing that people think can happen to them is the death, but God says, I'll take care of that through my power. Are we powerless? Even death doesn't have power over us. Well, there's more power out there. I mean, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, we all know, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. What for? For the forgiveness of sins and to do what? Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
In, in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, what shall we say there? We continue in sin so grace may increase. May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or you do not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that we can be raised up in newness of life. Brothers and sisters, we not only have the ability to be raised from the dead at the end like Jesus was raised from the dead, but our souls have been raised from the dead because Jesus Christ has inserted the power of his spirit within us to breathe life into the dead soul that used to live inside of us. I want you to think about that. The power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of you. You know, I talked to Daniel this week. We talked a lot. And by the way, thank you for hiring him. Because he is awesome. You are. It was your idea. And we've, we've talked a lot about a lot of different things. We've talked a lot about the Waterford congregation, its condition, and, and some things that should be said, and, and some ideas. We're tossing around. We're starting to put some visions together. And man, it's an awesome thing. And one of the things we talked about that we will talk about, perhaps sooner rather than later, is we don't talk much about the Holy Spirit. I think we're afraid to because of the Pentecostal movements, right? The faith healers, all that kind of stuff. We get afraid of talking about this. But I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit is alive. He's active. He's powerful. And He is in our lives. And a matter of fact, He's the one that is the Dorothy shoes and the, oh, there's no place like home and the power that she finally finds out that she has. The Holy Spirit is power for us that I think we need to discover and rediscover. And I'm not talking about the ability to speak in tongues. I'm not talking about the ability to touch and to heal. But the Holy Spirit is not some sort of idle person who's just along for the ride, just hanging on until we get done. He's alive and He's active and He's purposing many things for us and He's waiting for us to purpose more things from Him in our lives. And so the Holy Spirit lives in us. The power of God lives in you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, church? That the power of God, the one who said, let there be light, lives connected to you and in you. I want you to see some of these things as we walk through some of these texts. Please open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. And this is where we can take a dramatic pause so I can have a little coffee. <laughs> There's no place like home. God help me get there. All right, I will. I'll give you power. Lord, how much power? I'll give you the power of all of who I am. Well, how will you do that? I'll raise my son from the dead. We'll start there. And then I'll raise you from the dead and make that promise. And then I'll give you, me, to live inside of you. How about that for a start? <laughs> Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. 
For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Please read this with me. To be strengthened with... I can't hear you. I want you to think about what Paul is writing. I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works where? Now I know that we can't comprehend everything about God. He's beyond the realm of our fullness of comprehension. But there must be some fullness of comprehension that we can grasp. Because he says we can, but how? Through the power of his spirit. Now, I know that he works through his word. Amen? Do you believe that the book that you have in front of you is empowered by God's Holy Spirit? The sword of the spirit is the word of God. And we need it to be unleashed within us to cut down to the very core of who we are and open ourselves up. God, please fill me with your word. Fill me with the power of your word, the wisdom of your word. I have to say this. I just have to say this. I'm going to say it later, but sometimes I forget when I'm up here just on a roll. So i got to say it when I'm thinking it. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, the intimacy and the power of God in his word when we allow it to work. It was, I don't know, about three weeks ago. I was really having a hard time. I mean, a really tough time, man. I, I was really struggling with the reality of leaving the Horton Road Church of Christ in Jackson. I love those people. And, and God's kingdom there, his portion there at Horton Road, man, is on a path to glory. They're getting stronger and the congregation's growing. And it was fun to be a part of. And in those two years, although it's a short period of time, we were really starting, to, I was really starting to gain this depth of love and a relationship with them that I had rarely experienced in the past. And I was questioning, what in, what in the world's going on? Why, 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 why? And I was shutting down, man. I was breaking down. My wife and I, we were in the living room together. It was just a quiet time together. Praise God for good wives. And man, I have one. And so in my silence, my brain was just flowing and foggy, and I didn't know, and I was so... And she reaches over and grabs my hand. And she says, honey, let's pray. And I said to her, I have no words to say. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. And so we sat there in silence together holding hands and my mind and my heart and my soul 
Just start to think. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 promises me that the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me will pray for me when I don't have any words. And so there I am in my silence wrestling, but God's word starts flowing within me to the promise that he says, I got your back. That you may not know what to say, but I do, and I will pray, and I will talk to the Father on the throne on your behalf while you sit there in silence. And we did, and as I started to relax and recognize that God is at work within me and the things that I'm going through, He's already not only reorganized, but organized in a way that He could speak it to the Father on my behalf. And I started to relax and think about my situation, and then words started to come out of my mouth in prayer to God because of His power. And brought me to a place of peace and clarity when I needed it most. Brothers and sisters, He's the same God that's at work with in you. And I can't stress enough, and over the, how many years, we pray for a long time here. Don't make us move again. (laughs) We're going to talk a lot about the wisdom of God and what He can do for you inside of you if we allow ourselves to ingest His wisdom and want it to come out. And he will work in ways with empowering you in those marital situations that start to get tense. And those parental things that start to get tense. And those business things that start to get tense. And those financial things that start to get tense. And those sickness things that start to get tense. God will empower you through those things. If we don't forget that we've had the power all along. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to spend a lot of time in many places in Scripture, I pray. And one of them is going to be in Romans chapter 8. We're just going to scratch some of the surface here. But I want you to see the power. The power. There is therefore now no condemnation for those of you who are in Christ Jesus, verse 1. How is that possible? How is it possible in verse 1 of Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those of you who are in Christ Jesus? How is that possible, church? It is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice that washes us clean. Sinner that I am, I'm still washed and saved and filled by Him. It's through the power of God. I don't have to walk around in this doggy downer sort of mentality. Oh, I'm just so worthless. I'm just such a bad guy. I'm just such a... No, step back. There is therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to talk about if you have the Spirit of God in you. 
The power connection, church, is if we have the Spirit in us by being immersed into Him, giving ourselves fully to Him, He washes us clean all the time, and He is telling us that we are not condemned in the things that we stand in. Why? Because of His power. We stand in the power of God. If we fast forward all the way down to this this idea of verse 11, but if the Spirit of Christ who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. He raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. If you keep reading, then we have the power of being able to call him Abba Father. This this intimate talking to God in this close relationship with him. It also makes us family. Another thing that Daniel and I talked about, and we're going to speak more on, and we're perhaps going to work on something together to do this together, we need to really start recognizing how important it is to be family. I'm talking about family, not, not, not like the, the, the church kind of family where we do the Sunday thing, like, oh man, it's great to see you, and I'll see you again when? Next Sunday. Shame on us. The strength of the Lord's church. I'm going off script now. The strength of the church is found in examples like Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and following, where they met daily, where they broke bread daily, where they shared daily, where they studied daily, where they prayed daily. They became a daily community of people, not a once a week or twice a week community of people. The strength of the church is when they decided that when they gave themselves to God, it wasn't just a a once-a-week thing with God and his people. You want to find strength in the church and strength that takes it out in the community is when the community sees that there's this group of people that loves on each other, studies with each other, prays with each other, and reaches out with the power of God every single day together. And the community will notice so much so that souls were being saved how often? And we make so many excuses as to why that can't take place today. Don't we? Well, you know, society is different. Really? Like society was easy back 2,000 years ago? Like they didn't have paganistic religions all over the place? Like they didn't have religious battles? Like they didn't have a, a political issue or two back in the day? For, for us, they're just excuses that we use. As opposed to being the people that he intended us to be, to come together with the power that he has and the power of family and the power of unity, the power of love, the power of his truth. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. We carry around this power that we just go, well, you know what? They just don't want to listen so. And we just can't get it because people are going to be offended. and We have to stop it, church. If we want to really be the body of Christ, we're going to have to say, Lord, fill us up to the brim with your power and let it overflow through us. Let us take the power of your word and fill fill us, please fill us with that power. Lord, let us be together with the power of love and let that come out in the society that lives around us and let them see what Holy Spirit and power. Wait a second. 
the fruit of the Spirit is, I'm sorry, the fruit of the Spirit is, it's not normal love. It's fruit from God and His power and His Spirit type of love that can reach out in ways and touch people in ways that normal human love can't. And oh, church, we need to unleash the power of God in this community. And the power of the gospel still works today. Only if we're willing to. God, let us know the fullness of your power. So we can unleash it to the fullness of the people. I know these are strange times. And I know this is not normal. And I know folks are watching, which still freaks me out. I see the camera every once in a while. It makes me all, all nervous inside. Let's not be normal. Let's not be normal. Jesus wasn't. And he calls us to be his body today. So let's be his body today. With his fullness of power today. So that the world knows about Jesus today. And what a great time. In the midst of this coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, what a great time for people to see the difference between how we handle it and how the world's trying to hype it up. I'm not saying it's not going to get bad. I'm not saying it's not going to get better. I don't know. But I do know the consistency of Jesus Christ in the midst of chaos really shines brightly. So let's not fear this to the point where we just use it and Satan uses it to get us so that we're so disconnected that he wins. And maybe, just maybe, you have felt some disconnection. You've experienced some disconnection. Maybe you've been listening to a few of these things this morning and going, wow, I really have not tapped into the power of God. I really haven't tapped into the body of Christ. I have been disconnected, even though that I'm here. Most of the time, I'm really not, even though I am. Maybe you've been struggling with study. Maybe, maybe you, you, you just don't get in and don't know how to. And we're here to help. Because we want all of us to know the fullness of the power of God. And it's an amazing life-changing experience. As a matter of fact, it never ends. He continues to change me the more I allow his power to change me. So we offer the invitation this morning for those who are members of the kingdom who are looking for more power, looking perhaps for that gift of forgiveness, looking for the beauty of confession. And if you are not a member of the kingdom, but man, you want to be immersed into him to receive the gift of the spirit, to be washed with his blood, to be filled with his power, we offer that opportunity as you stand and sing the song.